Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. We came to you live from Glasgow and uh, we were joined by a comedian and Celtic fan Susie McCabe who was uh, on great form. Very good form. She's funny. Uh, Jack Cocker, the director of a new documentary, Mr. Brown's Boys. Yeah. Uh, we spoke to Jack as well about putting that together around the 98 World Cup. Colin Hendry joined us. Colin yeah. played at that 98 World Cup and actually talked a bit of Euro 96 and his, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, whether he ever gets uh, tired of watching that moment against Gaza <laughs> at Wembley. And uh, we had a bit of a chat about various things, didn't we? So I think that's pretty much it. Plus Jim White. Jim oh, yes, White Jim. talked about leaving Sky after all yeah, those years. So anyway, too. here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon. Sorry, good morning. I told you. It's just <laughs> You're like on autopilot. I'm really going to throw everybody out. Someone's going to wake up after working nights and think, what the heck's going on? Good morning, uh, Andy. Good morning, Paul. Good morning, everybody. And uh, yes, the holiday got off to a tricky start. Not a holiday. But I think it is you're fine for me. working. I think okay. you're fine for me. It is a holiday. Okay. Yes, I, yeah, in these circumstances, then I can appreciate it. Uh, when you couldn't find the right de- deodorant. It was a shame they only had the travel size, but thank goodness. Well, that's right. That's how it kicked off, yeah, because uh, I forgot, we, you know, because we're flying. We, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. we had to fly up to Glasgow to make sure we made it in time it's for brilliant. kickoff. You, when you get to Heathrow, you, you get on the transit at uh, Terminal 5, and you're absolutely packed in, never mind COVID or anything. Oh, yeah. Packed, it was like last the, chopper yeah. out of Saigon, wasn't <laughs> no, it? Then on, the, then on the escalator, absolutely packed in. You get on the plane, they give you an antibacterial wipe. And tell you not yeah. to stand within Thanks. two metres of someone. <laughs> really, I really thought really this through, useful. folks, have you? Well done. And, uh, but we arrived in Glasgow. We, was, did. Uh, we had a slightly psychotic taxi driver had a violent plan for getting rid of all politicians yeah and had really thought it through <laughs> I mean to the nth degree I mean a bag of lime was in- introduced <laughs> it was quite horrible it was. anyway that happened yes. and then what he regaled us with an Ali McCoy's cardboard cutout anecdote. Yeah, fortunately, Which, I didn't really listen. No, it to was him. no, it was a good story. Was yeah, it was. Um, he was. I think his team had played in a big game against Rangers, and Ali had, was injured. He'd broken his leg, and so the fans, as Ali wasn't there, lots of Rangers fans took cardboard cutouts, mm. 
and um, and he claimed one of them, and he still got it now. He thinks oh, it's, I think he's going to put it on eBay. Yeah, I think I heard him say that he still had the cutout, but yeah. I, I filtered out quite a bit in between. And we're very lucky to have my very good friend Dave Tully with us yeah. here today, born and bred in Glasgow. Mm. And uh, Dave's a walking Wikipedia, isn't he? He is. He's he sensational. He t- he, we got, I mean, it was brilliant. He gave us a proper tour. I've only ever been up to Glasgow really for football and everything that goes around that, which is mm. probably drinking and eating. So to walk around the city properly with my head up, as the way you should do, and looking at all the Charles Reading Macintosh building, the stuff being pointed out to us, going around the university, it which was, was amazing, oh, wasn't it? Fabulous, so yeah. so actually, it's, it's a top city. It's a really with good place. With the facts that, uh, for example, Chicken Tikka Masala was invented here. We're opposite the restaurant, <laughs> apparently, where it was uh, first invented. Yeah, it's a, it's, uh, a, it's a Scottish thing. Buchanan Street is the third most expensive shopping street in the world. It was at one point. <laughs> okay. It was at one point. Yeah. Uh, he, <laughs> I, did, I did doubt this one. It's the best dentistry school in the world, I thought. You serious? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Now, now. No disrespect. You've got to get out of the city this <laughs> afternoon, so be careful. <laughs> and uh, yeah, well, we'll come back to it because there's lots. Uh, the, as you say, the university beautiful. The world famous catacombs, yeah. bowling catacombs. <laughs> I told you this is that my old mate Bill Burrow, city fan journalist. He said, "What the." heck are you doing? I've just woken up and almost had a heart attack. <laughs> Puts on the radio thinks it's one o'clock. Where, what have I been doing? Anyway, it's anyway, not. We it, did watch the England game. We did. Um, we didn't quite, we wanted to come up early as we said there was, so we could watch the England game here in Glasgow. We decided not to do that at the fan zone. We did go meet a few England fans yeah. down at the fan zone. Mm. Um, uh, and they were bravely wearing their colours, but they were saying, look, it's fine. You know, a lot, most of them live up here anyway. Uh, and the, the cabbie was telling us yesterday, like, both his neighbours are English. Said, a lot of people are getting out of England, he said. Yeah. They're moving up here. No, that's true. <laughs> Probably just as well. But anyway, um, we did watch the game. We went into uh, one of the fine Green King pubs with the Cairns and watched it uh, in there. And this is how uh, England-Croatia unfolded through our eyes yesterday. Welcome to the Cairns Bar in Glasgow. We uh, came up this morning so we could watch the England game. And, and we're still alive. Yeah, no, everybody's been very welcome. Very friendly. Yeah, in very fact, friendly. we are lucky to have uh, a, a translator, um, cultural attaché with us. Interpreting. <laughs> Dave Tully, friend of ours, who is from Glasgow and he's with us. But he's supporting England, Dave. Of course, absolutely. So, yeah, here we are. We're just in the bar. Most people seem fairly indifferent to the match. We seem to be the only ones particularly... Well, I think fans of Chilwell and sure. They're not happy about Trippier. <laughs> That's funny. Is. A lot of people gutted that they're not starting. But anyway, we'll see how the afternoon unfolds. It's Sterling out to bring the ball forward and find Foden. Takes it into his stride. We'll check. Left-footed shot across the face of goal. It's the inside of the post. And Vardy Oli's had a clear. His first contribution in a major tournament, so nearly ending up in a goal. Well, we've just hit the post. Chris Ewilamo is a good luck charm. Just as he walked in, we hit the post. Well, that's not good luck, is it? It's well, bad luck. Well, I'm, 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 it's, well, yeah, that's true, you're right. Actually, actually it's quite bad luck. Yeah, it's pretty true. So, so far from the screen, <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I can't a good, see I'm taking it as a good yeah. sign. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm relying on you for a commentary. <laughs> <laughs> I sit that far away from the, the pitch at Tottenham that this is a normal view. A telly across a room is like the way I watch like football. one of those Welsh in <laughs> Well, I'm looking upon Chris as a good luck charm. Let's see what happens. That means with a long ball over the top and Sterling will run onto it and he'll get there first around the edge of the penalty area and win a free kick. And the free kick is for a handball about a yard and a half outside the box. And this is a very promising position. And here we are on the cusp of greatness. We're looking at the England players lining up. 
Over I hope the goal goes in because so far this has been so boring. We've been talking about players born in the southwest. <laughs> What's his name? Carl Walker's fish tank. <laughs> well, no, it's not not so much a dog. We just we just yeah, it's nerves, Andy. It's nerves. So here we are. This looks like Trippier fans is this one. And the atmosphere in this pub among all the people having their lunch is is palpable. Is non-existent. Here we go. It's Kieran Trippier who scored from this kind of area against Croatia in the past, tries to do so again, the wall jumped, blocked it, goes out of play for a throw. Well, there we are, so it's like false alarm, they just smack Perisic in the face. So, um, OK, well, let's hope um, the goal comes soon. It's been a solid start to the tournament. No breakthrough, though. England, nil, Croatia, nil at half-time. So there we are, half-time. And um, after a pretty uh, solid start on the front foot, mm. it fell into a pretty familiar pattern, but still creating chances. Yeah, it's difficult, isn't it, when you're watching in the pub? I can't see it. <laughs> Andy's basically not seen any of the game. What with the shadow on the pitch and the distance of the TV screen? He might have been watching in a tunnel. But, um, Andy, I can tell you, we started well and then, you know, yeah, no, slightly no, I tailed can, I can see that. And, <laughs> <laughs> it's good to keep the faith. Yes, keep the faith. They're not allowed to have the volume up, apparently, so we can't get, really get the atmosphere. It's COVID no, regulation. It's a COVID... Yeah, that's right. Do you think sometimes pubs are hiding behind that because they can't get the tellies any louder? Yeah, I'd say so. Very strange. Anyway, back for the second round. Now Calvin Phillips will try and make a run to split the lines, and he's not well. He receives the ball, and he turns inside. He slips it in. It's Sterling! And England are off and running! Calvin Phillips has made it! Raheem Sterling puts it away! His first goal at a major tournament for England! It's good! We have scored. Yes. I mean, we're all sitting here thinking, oh, this is looking a bit dodgy now. Croatia are getting it back into it. We're not really creating much. Thank Jack, be 3 nil. Yes, yes. The, our mate Dave Tully, the man from Glasgow, has gone 3-0 England. He's very bullish. He's sticking with that. But what a cracking finish by Raheem. Just when Croatia was sort of beginning to show a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we're going to win it now. So do I. We're going to win the whole thing. We just we just find the little kitty over there having his dinner. We all went... Anyway, he wasn't sure, was a little lad. used to goals going in the yeah. Scottish. <laughs> oh, no need for that. That mountain is goal side. He just tried to thread it through towards Kane. He was brought down, and it's a free kick to England. Five yards outside the box. Mason Mount is standing over this one. This free kick with England 1-0 up. And here he goes, Mason. Oh! Unlucky. You probably gathered. That was close. Although most of the other people in the pub are just eating their dinner and not at all fussed about the game. They were glad it went over the pub. Yeah. <laughs> and the referee signals the end of the game. England off to a winning start in the Euros for the first time in their history. There we are. That's Big a, result. The ref was hoping that Croatia yeah. would score at the end there, but no, to no avail. You did make the point, Andy, of different philosophy than the Italians who got a goal and then got the other team by the throat. It's invaluable. You win your first game in a yeah. tournament, you're really you're set the momentum. They only need a point now, they'll qualify. So yeah. That's good. I, I expected quite a pub full of rabid Scots wanting England to lose. And what we've got is about three or four families fairly indifferent to the whole thing. Not they were hoping the big blast was on. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we got the points. Yes. Good start. It's coming home. It's coming.
I think if we'd searched hard enough, we could have found a pub full of rabid Scots who wanted oh, we could have, to lose. Yeah. We just decided not to. I'm not sure about playing it's coming home at this stage. Okay. Give, it, give it a few more games. Let's get to I think the quarterfinals. A, a hint of irony about oh, the yes. whole thing. You know, They may not see it like that. The Scotland fans may, well, the Scotland players may be feeding off of that. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Welcome back to the old schoolhouse pub in Glasgow on the day Scotland returned to tournament football. How long has it been, Paul? It has been 1,199 weeks, 275 months, 8,900, sorry, 392 days, 198 games and 10 finals. But now at long last, says the back of the record, our time has come. Absolutely. Uh, joining us now, uh, your uh, com- part of your commentary team, of course, for uh, Scotland Czech Republic this afternoon at two on TalkSport, um, Chris Wellamo, the former Scotland striker. And our own Jim White. Gentlemen, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Well, well, see, this is going to keep happening. Come on, give me a break. Morning, no, you're, you're still trying to get used to the time change, I am. obviously. I am. I've had a few listeners saying, I've just woken up. What the heck are you doing to me? I thought, we're three hours of my life. I hear Jim's voice now. Yeah. Be now they know Jim, I think it's 10 o'clock. No. We're now in Glasgow. Yeah. Yes. I, I, it's very it's, it's noticeable, Jim, isn't it? Unless you're here, I don't think you appreciate just what it means to Scotland fans. And Scottish people will be back in a tournament after all this time. Oh, totally. I mean, I... I it's, it's been too long, uh, Paul, to be honest. I mean, when I think of it, France 98, uh, I was there with Scotland. And, uh, you know, if you said to me then, all right, it'll be another 23 years before Scotland or another major finals, you'd be like, no, you're kidding. Because then we had players like McAllister, Gordon Jury, Craig Burley. Um, and they were all right in France. You know, they, they had Brazil in the opening game. Only Scotland could take on Brazil in the opening <laughs> game in France and lose by the odd goal. But now that we are back, yeah, the feeling of expectation 
is evident. We arrived last night in the city and they're outside the hotel, the fa fans wandering around everywhere and they are building and building and we are building too. In fact, big Chris and I coming over, we, we said this morning at breakfast, one thing we're not going to do is fall into any trap mm. about how we do today. And then the taxi on the way over was saying, do you know what? If we're third or even second in the group, we could be off to Copenhagen. <laughs> <laughs> like, Unbelievable. Falling yeah, into the been trap. Far, been far too long and I think it will really hit home 12,000 fans at Hamden yeah. today. The yeah. atmosphere is going to be absolutely electric. You know, you look at the, the names that uh, Jim said there in 1998, the quality and depth of this group of players bringing club form to international level as well. You know what? It's, it's, it's okay to dream. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm forever the optimist. Very positive. <laughs> but again, you can be brought down to earth very, very quickly, but hopefully not today. Yeah. It is interesting as well because the game is at 2 o'clock. It's difficult for people here, so, but apparently, speaking to people, they are going to be able to watch in schools and they are going to take a bit of time off at work, which is important, isn't it? Because it's a real collective thing, this, for the nation yeah, of Scotland. Yeah, that's a good point you made, Andy. I mean, 2 o'clock, right in the middle of the day, and you're like, on Monday, 2 o'clock, welcome to Scotland against the Czech Republic. How are you going to do it? They'll do it. Are you yeah. kidding me? <laughs> they, they will find a way. They will find a way. And they'll also be listening and talk sport. I mean, again, we were talking last night, Chris, myself, and Alex Crook, who's a commentator today. What an opportunity. Just get to a radio and listen. Listen to the game live. Two o'clock, Scotland in the Euros. Yeah. Are you kidding? <laughs> Wonderful. We can't wait. The, we the, can't wait. And the of crankies course, are excited. The cr are the crankies excited? <laughs> Only what have they said? Uh, fan, did they say fan Dabby Dozy by any chance? No, uh, Jeanette Tuff, a.k.a. cheeky schoolboy wee Jimmy Cranky, said, come on, Nicola, give the Scots a national holiday so we can all enjoy watching the team on the telly. Yeah. Hubby Ian joked, if you don't, we'll release another Scotland song. No <laughs> Fair play. Uh, no, in fairness, it's been a very difficult you know, 15, 16 months for, for everyone. It's just, this has came at the right time. Yeah. Bring the nation together. The build-up yeah. has been outstanding. The players themselves haven't really, I think, focused on it until they've went away to the, the camp in Spain. And then they just, they're, they're getting drip-fed little things, what's going on back here at home. And, you know, I, I know for a fact they're all up for it. Up for yeah. it. We said it was a nice touch, Chris, the other day when uh, Andy Robertson, the captain, gave the, the boys a kind of uh, a welcome pack yeah. as they arrived, which included some nice bits and pieces like eye watches and stuff, but also a kind of a sort of a Scottish collection of shortbreads and stuff like that. It was a sort of thing you pick up on the motorway services in East Kilbride. <laughs> but it was fantastic. As, you know, I think, I think when, you, when you're captain of the group, I think there's a responsibility mm. that that the team spirit's good, that you bring everyone together. That's something that Scotland's always had over the other nations. I have to say, I think England, I think you have got that. I yeah. think you have got that now. To get that kind of club mentality, mentality in the international Yeah, sound. they enjoy being away together. Was it together. like that? Would you always, say that when you... Yeah. Always, you know, I guess the rivalry between Celtic and Rangers, you could definitely see that that rivalry was brought into the camp. But again, today's football, the players, they enjoy being away. You, they look forward to getting away. They know this is massive, but... As a captain, you have to make sure that you manage all that. And I think he does it very, very well, Andy Robertson. Jim, we should ask you about, you made a big announcement at the end of last week. It's a kind of end of an era for you and for all us football fans. <laughs> you finally, after 23 years, leaving Sky Sports News. Well, I mean, as you know, uh, Andy, I'm into my late 40s now. <laughs> and, uh, no, the, t the time had come. I mean, I, I loved it. It was fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. But I was thinking... I wonder if you should maybe say something after the Euros because talk sport in the morning, then travelling across yeah. London to do three hours on Sky Sports News and, of course, talk sports live. 
the telly was live and I think I need to do something because I'm getting no younger mm. uh, and we thought well I'm going to be up in Glasgow for the Euros um, for 10 straight days may as well say it now before I go and yeah I must admit there was a lump in my throat uh, one or two people in the studio shed a tear but I wasn't sure if that was a tear of joy <laughs> <laughs> deadline like, day thank God he's going the same that's the thing I mean did, when it started to go a bit mad the yellow time being helicoptered in and all the crazy I mean did, not for one moment did you think that was going to happen I'm no, sure no Absolutely, Paul. I was thinking, well, what in hell's name have I got myself involved in here? <laughs> uh, I mean, they, they even started saying to me, um, this thing has caught on so much that uh, when you arrive at Sky, phone the news desk and we'll get a couple of camera crews down to you and film you walking in. <laughs> I'm like, breaking news, Jim White arrives for work. <laughs> you know, I, I, I honestly, but I mean, the, the memories are, are vivid and uh, long lasting. I mean, I'll, I'll always remember on the night Berbatov pitches up at United and we're thinking Rubino's yeah. going to go to Chelsea and he, and he pitches up at City. I mean, incredible. Fernando Torres in the blacked out people carrier down at Chelsea and you're thinking, is Fernando Torres really going to go from Liverpool to Chelsea for 50 million? But he did. And of course, Odom Wingy. And oh, that was like one of the that. great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, good evening. What are you doing here, Peter? Yeah. Um, <laughs> also, the fans behind the reporters before you Yeah, changed, which before, always, before certain... That was always a joy. Certain us. objects were waved in the background. Yeah, yes, of course. yes. It was Long a bit risky it was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The live aspect of it was great, but I mean, Harry played such a major part oh, yeah. in it. I've yet to speak to him, actually. I must give him a call. He probably still doesn't know I've left, but uh, <laughs> you watch him. What? Yeah, someone uh, will stop him in his car. He'll be, he'll be leaving the Tesco car park, won't he, in yeah. sandbags. And he'll, he'll wind down the window. Jim White's gone. He's going <laughs> to do one of them. I know. But, uh, yes, it was uh, a, a moment of much emotion. Uh, and I'll look at, uh, back at it all fondly, yeah. very well, it fondly. Was, it was a, a, a brilliant time. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. Mr. Brown's boys, we, myself and Andy and Martin Kellner talked about it on Friday, said how much we enjoyed it. It's a BBC Scotland production and it's available on the iPlayer to download. And maybe after the show, if you've got an hour before Scotland kickoff, get a sense of what this means to the Scottish people who'll be back in the tournament because it has been... Uh, a long time, uh, 1998 World Cup was the last time they were there. And uh, this documentary tells that story. Let's give you a flavour of it before we chat to the director, Jack Cocker. In the summer of 1998, the man tasked with leading us there was an unlikely messiah. Was he a renowned ex-pro? A former shop steward forged in the fiery crucible of Clydeside shipyards? No. The last man who took us to a major tournament was an unassuming chap the press nicknamed the schoolteacher, Craig Brown. This is the story of how he led us to glory. To cut a long story short, we lost. Ah, OK. <laughs> yeah, I think that gives you a flavour of the uh, style of the documentary. That's the great uh, Fred McCauley there uh, giving you the, the um, narration. Um, Jack Cocker is the director. Jack, good to see you. Nice to be here. Thanks, Thanks for coming down. Welcome yeah. to Glasgow. It was, uh, it's, a lot, it's a lot of fun. Congratulations, because it it's beautifully put together. And I think the fact you had to do it in such a short space of time, from the moment you got the go-ahead from BBC Scotland to delivering it, eight weeks, which is pretty tight for, for a documentary with a lot of talking heads in different parts of the world. It, well, and in COVID as well. Yeah, so of course, it, of yeah, course. Which made it even harder. But it was... Um, the idea came from a guy, Kevin Ferry, who was a, a, a sports journalist for the Herald for many years. And then he's got out of print journalism and wants to get into documentaries and, and uh, turn television, uh, took up the idea and got me on board 
weirdly because I'd never made a football doc in my life. Right. Uh, but uh, well, artsy normally, aren't you? Yeah, I know. I'm normally poncing around, stroking <laughs> my chin, and <laughs> talking about paintings. But um, but I do love football, and uh, I remember '98 very very well. And uh, it was just a, it was an absolute pleasure to meet all these guys and try and tell that story. The title was that his idea or your idea? It's a good title. Uh, it was his idea. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was you know, it's a pun, and uh, yeah. maybe it got us a few extra viewers. Who knows? Yeah, it's uh, you've, you've brought together a collection. They're, they're all good talkers. It's very entertaining from that point of view. Craig Burley's on fine form, and of course, uh, we, we, when you see him interviewed, there's the the big. He's out. He's clearly not in his garden in Glasgow because he lives out and works out in the states. So you called upon the services of a friend of ours, Mark Donaldson from ESPN. To, to interview him out there. Exactly, yeah. He did the interview in, I think it might have been his back garden, actually. But yeah, oh, they, right. they're both in Connecticut now. Mm. Um, Craig works for ESPN. And uh, I sort of sent him some questions and hoped for the best. And I didn't realise it was such a delight to get the footage back because he's yeah. hilarious. Well, because he knows Mark so well. I mean, I imagine it was a very easy conversation. So yeah. I imagine there was a fair bit you had to take out. I mean, the, you know, it's... The language is pretty fruity, isn't it? But that, that, sort of, of, that sort of adds to uh, the edge, I think. Yeah, there's a, there's a bit of language throughout, but we didn't, I didn't want to bleep it because it no. kind of, it's good old industrial... It's, it's the rhythm of it, I think, exactly. when, you, when you hear people talking like that, really. You know? Yeah, and I was slightly worried that Craig himself, Craig Brown, might be... Because he's quite—he's a very—he's a—he's an old-school gentleman, mm. you know. And I was a bit worried that he'd be uh, concerned that a, a program with his name in the title uh, would have so much industrial language. But obviously, he's been in many dressing rooms, and I'm sure yeah. he's heard much worse. There's some great archive in there from the time. I mean, the stealing the saltire from Bannockburn and all that. Oh yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a great story. Mm. The guys who who yes, took the saltire to uh, to the World Cup and how they got it down. I love the fact they left a blanket in its place. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's on loan. It, it was their mum's bring curtains. it back safe and sound yeah. after the World Cup. Gone yeah. to France, it said. And they actually, we didn't include it, but when they got back, they um, they put the flag back up under the cover of darkness again yeah. with another curtain that said Merci. <laughs> I mean, when you look at, you, when you watch the documentary, folks, you'll be shocked by just how high they climbed to get that down. They did it at night and I take it they'd had a couple of beers for Dutch courage. I mean, <laughs> Madness. I think it? they might have done. They also they've kept their identities a secret for 23 years. Yeah. So I was very grateful to them that we could, we sort of reveal it in a stupid way. But uh, yeah, but it was yeah. No, we had a we had a real laugh with them. Yeah, yeah. The archetypal thing that you get in World Cups, the bloke that cycles. We always say the bloke that cycles from Mexico. Yeah. To wherever it is to Japan. But you had a guy who cycled from Arbroath. Yeah. Cheers, Roberts. He was he. <laughs> I was brilliant, and he's got the Arbroath accent. With him. <laughs> and uh, it was a pleasure hanging out with him actually he was uh, and he still cycles you know yeah yeah day. yeah um but yeah i think that one of the one of the guys i think it was john collins says that he thinks you know that a, a tournament is made a bit more special by the tartan army being there because uh yeah you know they do have a reputation for enjoying themselves making friends especially i think that tournament they almost because <laughs> the english were busy like sacking marseille at the time yeah that's so right the tartan army almost behaved themselves to spite the English. You know, it was sort of like, let's, yeah, yeah. let's look even better because they're looking, you know. Yeah. Uh, there's there's a, it's a very moving moment in the film. It's a lovely moment because Scotland, as the guys were saying, with Chris and Jim were saying, Scotland played the opening game of the World Cup against Brazil, which was obviously yeah, a great honour, a fantastic really thing. And th- they go onto the field of play in traditional Scottish dress, and uh, they're all wearing kilts. And uh, well, let's just play you a little clip from the documentary of Craig and others explaining that. 
For the Scottish team to turn up at the Stade de France in the kilt was a, one, a winner from the word go. The team walked out onto the pitch and the Brazilians all cheered. They're like, wow. They started staring and thinking, I've never seen this before. Went straight over to the supporters and they were loving it. There's things that stick out, obviously, in the game. But I think walking out onto the pitch in our kilts was probably the, one of the best reactions I've ever known. That's a lovely really? moment, Jack. In They're not going to be doing that today, though. Are they? Uh, well, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. But <laughs> there was actually a secret. They, the SFA had already bought them blazers and flannels. Yeah. But then, so Craig thought if I ask the SFA for money for kilts, they're going to say no. So they went and secretly bought them and uh, walked out like that. Wow. I remember it well. I was I just graduated. I was in a flat just over the hill from where we are now on yeah. Cecil Street in a basement flat with my flatmates. We'd widescreen TVs were brand new. <laughs> and we'd all club together to rent one from Radio Rentals <laughs> for the month. It was about three feet deep. Brilliant. And, uh, yeah, we all got together. Our flat was rammed uh, on that day. And I remember them walking out in the kills. It was like... Yeah, lovely. Heart, heart well, look, we highly recommend it. As we said, if, if not, if Scotland get the result and you're, you're feeling up, watch the documentary. Some brilliant footage in there. And uh, so well done to you and the team for putting it together so quickly. And where are you going to be watching the game today? Uh, I'm going to go around to a mate's house. He's going to be projecting it. Although I, ha I have tickets for the fan zone for Scotland, England. On oh, Friday. wow. So that's, well, that's the big one. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Mr. Brown's Boys, by, it's BBC Scotland production and uh, is available to download wherever you are in the UK on the iPlayer. Cheers, Jack. Thank you. Thanks Spend for having me. Thanks today. a lot. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Back to yesterday. Oh, yeah. Very exciting first day of the trip. And uh, the quote of the day came from our own Alex Biddle sitting over there with the camera filming us today for social media as he ordered more food in the Green King pub. And he used it. It's, it's, it's the phrase. It is the phrase of the tour so far. <laughs> it says. I've never been full. I've never been full. He used as a statement like from the world of competitive eating. It was. It was. A, yeah, he's it, giving us. Yeah, it, I think he's. I don't think he's heard. He doesn't even realise he's being talked about on air at the moment. He's miles away. Does, does Alex know we're talking about him at the moment on national radio? We just. No, oh, he yes, does. Oh, he just, oh, he's playing it cool. Oh, I'm so cool. I'm not listening. I'm just texting away. Then we had dinner at the, as I mentioned earlier, yes. the ubiquitous Chip, very nice restaurant, mm. and. Uh, the fine Scottish actor Bill Patterson yes. from the voiceover of course from the repair shop was on the next table yes. well, he just couldn't, his voice he's done other work I do, I do, I I when I think of Bill Patterson <laughs> I don't think of the first thing really as the I voice do. of the repair shop I, mean, that's I, a good gig, I said to John I just want to get my old clock fix can you yeah. take it round to him yeah. I don't think he does he all doesn't the repairs do the best, no, no. No, Jesus. but funny enough we, we, we were watching a programme the wife and I on, the, on Q Gardens yeah. and I'd actually, she said to me who's that voice and I said it was familiar so I actually looked it up the day before I showed you on my Google history there he was looking up Bill Patterson and he's at the next table is it incredible well, but our old friend Dave Tully who was with us he's full of facts he is full of facts yeah he was telling us about a pint glass that uh, you know a pint glass it goes straight up and then it has a kind of bulge and then it yeah. has the top and he said do you know why that's like that and we all went no and, uh, and it was uh, just a glass full of ice waiting yeah. for John uh, producer's so, cider to so go into then, it uh, we didn't know he was going to do this he then knocks the glass over yeah and the bump, the thing around it, stops the glass from shattering. But it made this really... It scared the living daylights out of Bill. Bill Patterson. He wasn't happy. 
And then, and then he proceeded to do it again. <laughs> he did it again. And the whole of the Patterson clan all turned around. I know. I they weren't happy. Why does he keep knocking glasses? Like, how many has he had? That's true. He was just carrying out. It was like Fred Dynage on Howell, wasn't it? He was carrying out an experiment, basically. It was good stuff, though. And uh, John, uh, who's with us, uh, our producer, John Cadigan, he, uh, he insists on using the company uh, taxi app, which is fine. I don't blame yeah. him for that. And uh, saves it. Saves putting in expenses, etc. afterwards. Okay. And uh, yes, I thought I'd give you the technical details. Yeah, okay, well, you want to and break down the accounts. <laughs> it's always a good listen, that. Fantastic. And uh, uh, I think we're still waiting for Pius in oh, his yeah. Prius. Pius in his Prius, <laughs> yeah. Who ate all the Pius. He just never, he did, t- did he ever turn up? Oh, he did turn he, up in the end. He did, yeah, he did. We were t- expecting a Pope mobile, we, we waited so the long. The thing was, I think the idea of this particular <laughs> app is that the taxi comes to you, but we walk for six <laughs> minutes to get to him. Surely that's not the idea, is he it? To walk to the taxi. How many times John say, he's 400 yards away. Yeah, he kept, you know, he's going around the square again. It was yeah. like wacky races. And a man named after a pope. Um, we expected that's, better, basically. That's true. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so that was all good fun. You've exhausted and, that, Andy, have you? Well, now? I've done that bit. But the only other thing that happened during there was that we discovered that Vanilla Ice is looking for Shergar. That's right. He's got a new, I understand he's got a new documentary. But I have to get Vanilla Ice on, right? Because, I mean, the, the hunt for Shergar was very much a sporting story. Oh, I tell you what, I did see the yeah. other day. You know, watching the Wales guys in my notes here, that uh, the Wales, Tur- no, the Ita- Italy-Turkey game. Italy-Turkey, yeah. Roberto Mancini doesn't wear a belt either. So I've had all this thing about Southgate not wearing a belt. It must be a thing. It yeah. must be a new fashion. The kids aren't wearing yeah. belts. Is it's right? a disaster for the belt industry. <laughs> <laughs> and Tinsel rang me up. He was gutted when the third one went in. Not literally gutted. Obviously. No, That'd no, no. Bad. We need him for well, the tournament. Well, um, we, sh- we should uh, thank, um, what's the dog called? Willow, the uh, cockapoo. Um, because Willow predicted that England would beat Croatia, yes. the latest predictive animal. Quite a smart animal, apparently. And spell her own name, identify shapes, and count to ten. Just like the That's Life dog again, isn't it, Prince? Versatile, yeah. And, uh, yeah. Oh, Esther. Oh, OK, all right. Tinsel, calm down. You were going to get a mention in a minute. Because Tinsel uh, has joined. He's our predictive animal. Works for fever. Yeah, all right. Um, so, Tinsel, um, give us a score then for uh, Scotland versus the Czech Republic. And you're considered reading uh, of the game this afternoon. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Like, yeah. That's 2-1, I think. It's 2-1. Two 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 two. And uh, two he's playing, he's playing two up top. He is so playing rugby. <laughs> Lyndon Dykes and Jay Adams up front. So that's yeah. bold. Thank you, Tits. Also 2-1. 2-1 to Scotland there. Morning. Yes, lovely to see you. Um, so, a bit nervous? Ah. Uh, beside myself. <laughs> I have genuinely not been this excited about a Scotland national game probably since 1998. Right. You know, probably. Um, I think... The fact that we're here, and do you know what? There is a, you know, you, we would get to the, the tournaments and we go, oh, whatever will happen will happen. Whereas I think now people are like going, this is going to be great. Mm. We've got a calm and coherent manager who is who's a great coach. And we've actually got some great players in mm. that team. And we can build that team, those great players, with very good players around them. We don't look... We don't have the same quality of England or Croatia and stuff like that, and we know that. But what we do have is a great team spirit. Uh, some, I mean, Robertson is a winner. Tierney is a winner. Like I, I still cry for Kieran Tierney not playing for my club yeah. anymore. <laughs> but Celtic fans love him. I mean, uh, he's a he's a world class player. What a world class player! And but do you know what I love about these guys? Like like they two and McGinn, they play football like. 
the way lads play football. They mm. play football to win and they don't mind leaving a bit on a player and they don't mind taking a bit. You know, they they, 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 they give it their all and I think that's all we ask for. Go out, give it your all, do your very best and if it doesn't work out, that's fine. Yeah. But I think we, as a nation, we're starting to... But like, I, don't, I don't think anyone thinks we're winning it. I say this, at 5-2 to today, <laughs> I will be like, nine points from this group yeah. and we are bringing this trophy back up the roads, you know? But, uh, but, but yeah, I mean, I think, I, I think it's just that hope and optimism. And do you know what? After the past year, and you could even go bigger than that in Scotland, you could say after maybe the past six, seven years with the country's quite divided between nationalism and unionism and all this kind yeah. of stuff, it's the one thing that's going to bring bring us all together, and it's going to be magnificent. Yeah. Reading about you, I, I loved your football credentials. I mean, you, you've been to the game for, into the game for a very long time, sitting on your granddad's bed listening to it on the radio. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. That's the way to get into it. Yeah, thanks for giving my age away. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's... <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. My brother used to uh, go to the game in the, the early 80s, and I would be with Gran and Grandad, and... You know, at that point, it was only the second half you would get of the mm. game, and it was only if you happened to be game of the day. If it was Rangers Hearts, that was the second half of the game, but you still listen to it. And do you know, there's actually still a thing where I actually still enjoy listening to football on the radio. Yeah. I, think, uh, I think there's something, I know it's quite old fashioned, but I think there's something quite. It's exciting. Rem- yeah, romantic. Yeah. And it's sort of in- it. intimacy, I think, yeah. in- to it sometimes, you know. it's, it, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. In the car, having to pull over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, but, but you're a big Celtic fan and you could see the stadium from your house. Yes, you? yes. I can actually hear the stadium. I used to, before I'd done stand up, I used to be a, a fully fledged season ticket holder. Uh, you know, went to all the games and, and then started stand-up and just by the nature of stand-up and the nature of modern football of when we play football, yeah. it just became more and more difficult and you, you guys know I'll be up and down the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I gave a, I eventually gave up my season ticket just round about before Brendan Rodgers, so that was a great <laughs> move. <laughs> I, I, and do you know what? I, I, I still love it. We, the, the, my mates will laugh at me because ever whenever they come into our house, there is always football on. It could mm. be, it could be the championship, it could be the the national league, it could be Celtic. I'll, do you know? I'll even watch Rangers. Uh, <laughs> I, I've just always got football on, and I, like you know, I've, like I was saying to you guys, I've always got talk sport on. I'm mm. always, always, always listening. So yeah. yeah, I just love it. You, uh, your route into stand-up was uh, you said mm. a drunken dare with a friend that got you. Said, "Go on then, get up and do it." Pretty much, yeah. So uh, it's quite a tragic start to this story. Is that a friend of mine had been diagnosed with a stage four ovarian cancer? Me and another friend were talking about it mm. about three in the morning. Numerous curry and beer had been had, and he was like, "Oh, you can do this thing." And at the end of it, we can do a five-minute stand-up. And I was like, "That's fine." That's fine. <laughs> Woke up the next morning and he went, do you remember what you said you would do last night? And I said, uh, I, I can't jump out a plane. <laughs> he said, oh no, you need to do stand-up. And I was like, he goes, we'll do a course. You do a course and it shows you how to write stand-up. Because cause you're funny and, and, you know, we'll have a laugh. And I said, right, okay. And uh, I done it. And, and my friend who was diagnosed uh, came along to my wow. very first gig. Uh, she is sadly no longer with us. But yeah, and and it just absolutely spiralled from there and it's just it's probably just the best thing I've ever wow. done so was it a bit because of what happened to a bit of a sort of seize the day thing you felt you know I've, if I'm going to do this this is the time to do it yeah I, 
I, I was always the joker in the classroom or at a party and stuff like that, always just full of carry on, but I never even considered, when you, you come from kind of the East End and you're a working class, you don't think about the arts. You know, me going saying to my dad, I quite fancy going into the arts as a career. He'd be like, that's nice. Get a job, you know. <laughs> so it was never it was never a kind of option. Yeah. And I just kind of stumbled into it, as a lot of stand-ups do. They, mm. they, they tend to just stumble yeah, yeah. into it and go, this is, this is what I need to probably... But you had a successful career, weren't you, in construction or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah a electrical estimator, which I've went back to doing just now because of the oh, pandemic, of yeah, obviously, wow. and I've not been able to gig, so slowly getting back gigging. I've got a beer garden tour just now with another comedian, Des McLean, and oh, yeah, we know we're, we're trying chance, to do yeah. that to... Our, obviously, uh, our restrictions are a bit different up here from down, down the road, so yeah. for our clubs to open... It's not particularly practical because by nature, like we're next door to my spiritual comedy home of the, the Glasgow Stand, which is an amazing comedy club. Yeah. But you know yourself, clubs are low ceiling, poorly ventilated. Sure. You know, if if the coronavirus was going to start anywhere, it would have been the Edinburgh Fringe. You, <laughs> yeah, know? Yeah. <laughs> you know. So uh, went back to that just now, uh, part time, to just kind of keep myself going, and then. Hopefully, once the gigs take off again, mm. we'll be we'll Because Edinburgh back. is happening. I mean, you were successful at the Fringe 2019, but it's happening again this year, but it's going to be slightly different. Isn't yeah, it? it's a kind of virtual Fridge. So <coughs> I was very fortunate. I ran a monthly gig in Glasgow, and it was a Wednesday night, and it was like a little cool New York basement, 50-seater. And the guy whose venue had done that actually built a studio in his nightclub, full green screen, and a 180-degree wraparound screen. So wow. we had a, a virtual comedy gig, and it looked like a comedy club, and it, and we could interact with an audience and get them back, and it, it was phenomenal. Um, and that's along the lines of what the, what Edinburgh's going to do. But I also had... I was meant to play the, the King's Theatre, pretty much sold out the King's mm. Theatre for the 28th of March, 2020. Oh. Lockdown, 23rd of March, oh, 2020, no. you know. So, look, that's going to come back next year. Yeah. But we... We just have to do what we all have to do to get through it just now. And you can see it, you can feel it walking about, you yeah. can see it. We're slowly getting there mm. and I know things might be delayed down the road and things will probably be delayed up here, but we are where we are and we just need to keep people safe and do it right so we never need to live through this again. No, absolutely. I, I mentioned at the top there that you, you're a rugby player. Mm. And uh, so what kind of got you into that? What got you playing... It, it was school. The, the school I went to was in North Lanarkshire. It was St Ambrose. It was actually the same school. Me and Michelle McManus were the year below each other. Oh, okay, yeah. So it was a terrible PE department, but a fantastic <laughs> canteen. Me and Michelle. No, and the school got us into uh, the rugby. The, a lot of the teachers were aligned to the local rugby club. And... The, the football at that point, you know, you look at women's football now and it's massive and it's it's great. It's great to see and there's some great games. Yeah. Um, but it really just, it just was never a thing. So the rugby boys went, no, let's do this. And I think we were only the second kind of rugby team for women and they actually got the female uh, ladies internationals to, to come and coaches and then we all got to be ball girls at the Ladies Rugby World Cup wow. which is like 13, 14 sure. and then through that the, the SRU have always been so positive and getting kids into the game and cheaper tickets it was like a tenner for us to all go and see Scotland v England at Murrayfield and wow. stuff. You know, it, was, it, it suddenly became 
such a much more accessible sport than football mm-hmm. financially. Yeah, yeah. Which he thinks a bit ridiculous when you think about rugby having this really middle class reputation, where actually the SRU went out and says no. And you come, you know, it's a game for all and you'll love it. And, and, it, and it is, it truly is. And, and I still try and go to a Six Nations game at least once a season. Yeah. And it's just such a great day. It's yeah. so different. The, the cultural difference from football is phenomenal. And, mm. and a lot of people in Scotland, there is that whole class thing where they're like, oh, yeah, aye, aye. the egg chasers, aye, the egg chasers, aye. <laughs> it's just for the posh boys. <laughs> like, the, these Scottish people that are just English, right? <laughs> you know? Uh, but then they go to a day at the rugby and they go, this is the best day out. Because, you know, yeah. you've got your Guinness tents and you're up, you've got your beers in your seat and everyone, there's no segregation. And yeah. it's just such a, it's a great sport for discipline as well, yeah. I think, rugby. I think if I had a kid... I would probably try and steer them towards rugby. Like, be a football fan, mm, but steer them towards rugby for the kind of discipline. And that whole, there is more of a team mentality in rugby. You know, a back's not getting the ball unless the forward does the work. Yeah. And the forward's never sprinting up a pitch. I don't care how fit they are. You know, that's that's <laughs> yeah. the job for the, the runners at the back. Yeah, and yeah. It is that whole, we are 15 people and we need to do this together. And if you're a certain position, but there's a ruck or a mall, you just need to get in. Yeah, yeah. And that's it. Whereas, you know, look at teams like Portugal and stuff. You can have Ronaldo, and that's it. Yeah. You, know, you, you don't, you don't <laughs> get that in rugby. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. you'll no, have a great true. player, but he needs the other fourteen around yeah. him to make him great. Our friend Charlie Baker and fellow presenter asked to uh, send his love. I know you know Charlie. Oh, I love him. I love him. He is my favourite little lesbian. He is. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do. I love him. He's such a good guy. Such a talented man. He is. Like all yes. song and dance man. Song, Lovely dance, yeah. doing a lot. Jokes, yeah. you're like, Charlie, I'm just getting up to tell some jokes. Can you just... Stop <laughs> tap dancing, Charlie. Get your spats away, Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> There's sawdust on the floor, Charlie. Yeah. Uh, finally, Charlie, you, you did tell us before, but tell us where you're watching the game. So oh, I'm going to be watching it uh, with my mates. We're going to be having some pizza and we are going to be hoarse by the end of it. I think, listen, I genuinely think we can get a result today. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, think, I, yeah. I fancy Scotland as I well. I, I, think, must do. I think we can get a result today. And we're 8-1 to, to beat England. Yeah. I think that's free money, lads. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know. See, it's fighting talk, that it's is. It's that blind optimism, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? It's that blind optimism. So once you are able to go out and gig again, where can people find you, Susie, on social media and stuff, gig-wise? And yeah, where can like, we find you on? Oh, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Insta, I'm on Facebook, I've got my website, susiemccabe.com, and do you know, I'm, I'm, I'm everywhere, and if you've got a nice beard garden and you want some jokes, give us a shout. Absolutely. Well, look, lovely to meet you. Yeah, Thanks for having me, on, lads. Join us. Enjoy the game today. Enjoy the tournament. Not, no, you know, don't have too good a tournament, but enjoy it, <laughs> yes. and uh, I'll have the very best for and it. And if you can touch the hem of big Colin Hendry, who's just sitting behind us, I, I think, in a, in a Scotland shirt from the what World Cup 98. living legend. That's right. <laughs> Even for a Celtic touch the fan, hem of I'm his like, garment. Cheers, Susie. Thank you. Cheers, guys. All the best. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Joining us now here at the Old Schoolhouse Pub in Glasgow, a man who was there last time in 98, Colin Hendry. Good afternoon, Colin. Gentlemen, it's an absolute honour to meet you both. Yeah, it's good to see you you too. Jim White, I don't know if Jim's anything to do with this, me being on the show today, Mm. 
but it's been long coming with Jim. He ha I have an issue with Jim, right? Do you? And he's lucky he was only here this morning and right. he's escaped. Oh, what, no. what, what's the issue? Because he's promised. He's like, oh, get you on, I'll get you on, I'll get you on. And it's, it's never well, happened. It's never happened. Well, we, we stepped up. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, yes, we're delighted to have you, Colin. Definitely. Now, um, you are wearing a Scotland shirt. Now, when I looked across the room, I thought, is that, is that one of the shirts he wore uh, in a tournament but then we realised it was as Susie McKay pointed out Argentina 78 you were a touch young for that one weren't you it's a story behind it um, where I come from in the northeast of Scotland a village called well, a town called Keith we didn't have organised football so anybody under the age of 12 was all together anybody under the age of 16 were all together so if you were 8 or 9 and under, under 12s you're getting beat 10, 15, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you're not organised football. So by the time you get to 11, 12, you're beating teams 10, 15, no. Anyway, my father created the team, Keith Athletic, who I played for, my friends played for. And we had a jumble sale, coffee morning, raised a bit of cash, and we bought this very strip from Roslyn Sports in Aberdeen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and my mother, the very first wash, she put a red jumper in. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Pink. Oh no. Yeah, oh, okay. Pink. So it's, it's an old story, but yeah. this was 1978. Did you Archie, continue Archie to wear the pink? We had trim. No option, did we? No. It's a brand new kit. Yeah, they yeah, had a pink kit. Yeah, yeah, they did salmon pink, and yeah. then this morning Kenny McLean said that he played in the pink. Can't, I can't recall which game. I think, I think it might have been the Israel game that played in. But um, oh. yeah, 1978, Archie's goal in Argentina mm. against Holland and. Yeah, I was a fan. I am a fan. Yeah. I was at the World Cup in 1982 with my mum and dad and my brother and sister. Um, Russia, New Zealand at uh, Malaga, and we went to see Brazil. Um, the David Neri Topoke oh, yeah, in Seville. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm dyed in the wool. I'm, I'm like these guys, yeah. yeah. It's, very t it's very touchy it's about It's really that. nice, actually. It's really nice yeah. that somebody who was a pro but still has that same fan's enthusiasm. It, it's quite unusual, that. It was a dream, you know, as a, as a kid growing up where I grew up. To become a professional footballer, that was never in the, that was yeah. never going to happen. Professional football, and then you go from that to achieving things, winning things, captain and playing for Scotland, captain in Scotland, and then the cherry on the icing on the cake was yeah. Brazil and France and Paris in 1998. Yeah, we'll go back to 98 in a minute, and I wasn't going to start with this, but it just leads in. You mentioned yes. David Neri, then you mentioned Archie. I spoke to Archie last week. And I brought up the goal against Holland. He said, well, I kind of feel my career was more than that. We said, of course, you talk to David Neri. doesn't really want to talk about the toe poke. No. It's just, so we come round to maybe a bit of an elephant in the room because mm -hmm. all we get down, I know you live in England uh, yeah. as well, Colin. So uh, you're, you get a diet of this. But when we get to a European Championship, we see Paul Gascoigne's yeah. goal against Scotland at Wembley. And you're the man, uh, you're the other part of that story, of course. Yeah. Uh, what does this drive you mad when it's constantly replayed? How do you feel about it? There's actually people out there think that I, I don't sleep at night because of this goal. <laughs> um, after that, I captained Scotland in the opening game against Brazil in the World Cup. I won the treble with Glasgow Rangers. Um, if it's safe for me to say in Glasgow that we won the league at Parkhead. Mm. Um, no, I've done a, a lot of different things since yeah. then. And it's taken arguably, and this is for you guys, England's greatest ever footballer to do that to me. Yeah. So there's no shame in that. No, that's your There's no sure. shame in that. And yeah. the other thing is that he wouldn't be able to do it these days. <laughs> and you also won the Premier League and Gaza yeah. never did. So yeah. That's, yeah. See, I, that's what I put out. I mean, and I always, I never ever fall out with anyone on social media. Uh, no, if it's 
if it's it can get vile at times if it is ignore it but generally I come back with a picture of me holding the premiership yeah. trophy and there's no answer to that when no. you watch it back I mean you said it was a, a moment of brilliance yeah. from a great player when you watch that goal back you think should I have done that differently maybe if I'd done that or not I had the choice we're getting beat 1-0 anyway if I take him out I get red carded mm. I miss the next game we're getting beat anyway another goal wouldn't make a difference I'd play the next game I think he made the correct decision. Yeah. I mean, Gaza can en- enjoy the goal and the plaudits for it, and I, I understand it and I get it. I've not got a problem with it at all. Um, but I wouldn't change any part of my career no. for what I achieved in it. Sure. But it's a gr- it, was a, it was a great goal, and as I said just a second ago, it's taken, arguably, England's greatest ever footballer to do that to me. So, yeah. you know, yeah, we've no shame in it. No, yeah, no cool. shame at all. We talked a lot uh, earlier about the documentary, Mr Brown's Boys. You're in it. Yes. Yeah. You're very... Uh, with a twinkle, it looks like you really enjoyed doing it as well. Yeah, I mean, I did. And this last week or so, a couple of weeks, the build-up, and then we had a couple of, had a couple of TV programmes to do as well. as So it comes out, and it's great, because it's 23 years since we've been involved. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's just a, lit, it's a tinge of sadness, obviously, because we could only get 12,000 to the game today. Mm. And the whole part of the public can't make it. But on top of that, there's a whole generation and a half of footballers that haven't made it. You know, the McFadden's and Barry Ferguson's and Alan McGregor's and loads of different players, quality, top, top, top-rate players have not had the opportunity to play in a, in a, a Euros or a World Cup. No. It's, I, I'm sort of similar sort of ages, Colin. I think I'm a touch older than you, but I grew up at a time when Scotland always qualified, at a time when England didn't. I mean, yeah. 74, 78. So there was an expectation that Scotland would always be at major tournaments. Mm. They didn't get through to the next stage, but they were always there, always qualifying. So it's been weird to think it's been this long. I think, I think Craig Brown explained last week how when we qualified against um, is it Latvia for the World Cup in 98, he said, we went back into the changing room, everybody had a lap around the pitch, they went and had a cup of tea. And that's because they qualified. Yeah. We always qualified. Um, I don't think anyone really seen us coming to this stage in Scottish football not having qualified for 23 years. No. I mean, it's been moments, isn't there? The game against Italy, there's been playoffs, there's been yeah, nearly think, moments. But that's often been a story of Scottish football, really. Oh, goodness me, yeah. I just hope it doesn't happen today. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. There we are. That was this afternoon show. We're live oh, from um, yes. Birmingham. Tomorrow. Day two of the holiday. I'm really yeah. enjoying it. Good stuff. Yeah, <laughs> so we're off to Birmingham. We'll catch up with you there if you can join us at the earlier time of uh, 10 a.m. But enjoy all the football today uh, here on Talk Sport and Talk Sport 2. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on Talk Sport. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.